Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode six of Three Bald Guys, live here at the Chancery. Father Jarrett, can you open us up with a prayer? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, we glorify your name. We thank you for all of your blessings and pray for your spirit to lead us and guide us, that in all things we would glorify you and strive to ever more be your disciples in all that we say and do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, well, let's uh, get right after it. Uh, robber or giver of energy. All right, what is something that either gives you energy this week, gave you energy this week, or, or took it away from you? Uh, and I guess I'm up first, so. I'll, I'll start. We'll give okay. you a break. I'll let okay. you think a little bit. I, I don't like, like, we talked about this before, like, robbery and energy. Like, I, I don't let anybody take it. Like, we used to know to give energy. Like, who's giving you energy? Because those energy vampires, those that, like, just suck the life out of you, like, I got to get those. Yeah, I move like, those people to the side. Like Bill, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've yeah. really been struggling to win to mention Bill as the sucker of energy, but uh, <laughs> I figured I better not that's, do it. That's a, that's a great way to start. It was destined to have it. Now, my, uh, my giver of energy has came from a large group of parents uh, from St. Mary's Salinas. So uh, a group of parents have came together with their home and school stuff and kind of got more people on board because last two years over pandemic stuff, home and school kind of um, wasn't where it was, I guess, before. And so there's a group of parents that are just all in on it, on home and school and communication and whether it's sidewalk chalk around the building, communication on social media, it's helping organize, you know, upcoming parties and fiestas, connecting with all the events that go on at the junior senior high school. And so these these parents have just been unbelievable. And so when I see what what they do or if they're up there watering the landscaping or um, you know, putting signs up or greeting parents on their way out, it just it makes me feel so happy. Oh, that's awesome. Father Jarrett, who, who uh, has given you some energy this week? Well, I'm going to go with uh, recently we had our seminarian dinners, and those are always amazing. This year, I think, was the first year that they did an East and West one, so I went to the Salina one, and uh, I just always enjoy Everyone there is always just super excited because they're more or less celebrating the vocation of priesthood in particular those who are in formation for priesthood as seminarians and so it's always great to see the new guys and to hear from the new guys and it's always just a great energy and then on top of that it's always really good food and uh and drink and social time so it's a uh, it's just a really good uh, opportunity of a social event outside of town uh outside of beloit that kind of gives me an opportunity to breathe and and uh grab some energy so i think that gives us time to give, give a quick shout out to the uh, foundation group that's in the on the uh, second floor here at the Chancery, Katie Platten and her crew, and, and planning that and moving it to two di- two dinners, like Father Jarrett was saying, because I think they they had over three hundred people, about one hundred and sixty some at the Salina one, and around one fifty to one sixty in Hayes. So if you've never been to a seminarian dinner, please please be sure to get to one. It is yep. awesome fellowship and community to be had. So, Bill, I think uh, I think I'm going to go with Manhattan and Phillipsburg. 
Um, I watched a video, the EWTN video, and maybe you guys have seen that on social media or something. They did a little story about that. And I thought uh, as I was watching that, I was like, how cool is it that a community, because it, it gives them some trouble too. I mean, when you invite that in, you've, you've got a lot of things that the parish is going to have to do. And, and uh, um, But how cool is it that two towns would open themselves up and say, you know what, we'll host this uh, here. Um, we'll provide what we need to for the kids. So in, in those towns, the Knights of Columbus, you know, take care of a meal once a night or once a week. And then uh, just all the other things that go along with that, Included, you know, a higher energy bill, probably, I imagine, and some stuff like that. But uh, um, it's awesome when they're open and they're embracing our young people and always has a nice uh, uh, thing for them. And so um, I, I think that's just, you know, the willingness of people to open up their their town for other people to come from the outside. And, and uh, so I think that gave me a lot of energy as I watched that uh, video. You're speaking I, to prayer and action, right? Prayer and action, I don't think yeah. you actually said that. Did, Did you? I? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Prayer and action. <laughs> I, I, all, perfect timing to be thinking because we're starting to think of where we're going next yeah. summer. So what communities? And I, I did like how we were kind of a kind of an east and a west in the diocese with uh, Manhattan there in the east, Phillipsburg more and north central north. Not I mean we think of diocese. Phillipsburg is not northwest. Um, if you ask somebody in Kansas City, Phillipsburg is somewhere out by Seattle, Washington. I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I love that you know talking about that EWTN bit that uh, featured prayer in action when they. Uh, uh, we're in Phillipsburg, but maybe Matea, if we could on this, when we put this podcast out, if we could put a link to that EWTN uh, video in the comments, just a cool, really, I don't know, five minute segment on what they're doing up there. So, yeah. And it's another one of those things too, as you talk about the community where the community comes together, like in Phillipsburg, um, we used the, uh, the school showers. So a public school allowed the Catholic school students to come in and use their showers and stuff. Manhattan was the same way. Um, cause we were struggling a little bit to find some showers. And uh, I think father Gale actually went down to the college there. Um, not K state, but the other college and was able to get a little partnership together to where we could use those. And so it's just, you know, one of those cool deals where, an entire community comes together and, and gets connected up in, in ways they may not have been before that. So I'll tell you what's awesome too about the prayer in action in Totus Tuus is then we're getting emails already from some of our leaders that are like, Hey, um, you know, thanks for letting us do this, even though I'm like, no, thank you for doing this. But we've got one of them that's already been hired as a parent at an elementary school yep. for us. Uh, she's also coaching some volleyball at TMP. We got one that's going to be substitute teaching at Manhattan Catholic. Hopefully just so many connections that I think we're making around the diocese with our different ministries. So Bill, yep. nice work. There we go. All right, guys, here we go. Topic number two, the billion dollar question. It's time for the billion dollar question. Can you dabble in social media and be okay? Or is it just too dangerous, too dangerous and addictive and influential? Can you have a healthy balance? All right, so Father Jared, I'm going to start with you on this just because right before we hit record, you were posting to social media. So <laughs> if you haven't liked this post, you'll go out and see it. It's a, to show that there are actually three bald people sitting in this room. One is not bald. It's Matea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, didn't re- uh, I didn't reference Matea. But yeah, so... Is there a healthy balance with social media, Father Jared? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's probably not a universal answer to this one. It's like many things. It is you have to be aware of yourself and your own abilities. And are you a person that can actually that it can actually balance things? Um, and for so many of us, I think that we can lose a sense of the balance. And I just know for myself it's very easy to lose the balance when it comes to social media. Um, And so I know I have to take particular measures to try to balance, um, which is like, I don't really use anything besides Facebook 
which I know a lot of people aren't on Facebook and don't use Facebook and there's Instagram and Twitter, but I've had those at various times, but I just knew I couldn't do all of those at the same time. And there's times where the young people are like, oh, you have to have whatever the next one is. And, <laughs> uh, and I just knew, I just know for myself, I couldn't balance that. And then I had to take the little notification number off of my phone so it doesn't tell you when you have a notification because then you're just drawn to, oh, what, what, somebody liked something or somebody went to... So those are some of like the little measures that I feel like for myself I have to have in place in order to even attempt to balance it. And even then, there's times where I get lost in it. And so I think, it, I think, I guess, to answer that question specifically, I think you can. It's very difficult to dabble without getting sucked in. I think it's tough. Uh, I've gone through a process where like I delete all of them off of my phone and I operate for a long time just off the computer if I need to put something up. And then I end up in a spot where I see something, I'm going to take a picture and post it. And so then it's like, well, I really need to have this available on my phone. And I make it good, whether it's with the diocese or a lot of times it's a basketball thing or something. Um, but then, like you said, as soon as I do that, then all of a sudden you're finding that you're wasting a bunch of time. And for me, that's always like prayer time is what I get cut out of. And so then I go back to the whole thing where I cut it all off. And, and I've, I've, it made me think about it because I, I started uh, trying to learn Spanish a lot with Duolingo. And I'm really getting after it like, you know, a half hour a day I'm trying. But what I found is because I'm a competitive guy and because they know how to manipulate you, these apps like Duolingo is incredibly good about sucking you in. So you're in a contest or you don't want to let the streak go or, you know, hey, such and such over here has done this much today. And uh, and if you do a little bit more, you could be at this point in six months or something. Um, I, I just think it's real dangerous because of their ability to manipulate you that you may not know or don't see. And uh, it just, I don't know. I think it's kind of dangerous because of that. Now you guys all want to make fun of me because of the Spanish. Like, no, no, it. because in the last episode, Father Jarrett was, was speaking German. That's so, right. I mean, Bill, what? Hola, como estas? Oh, very good, very good. Muy I, was, bien. I was just laughing because this today's broadcast is brought to you by Duolingo. <laughs> you know, I, social media does have that addictive pull to it. Like even um, I use the Halo app and not every day, but part of my son's night routine has been night prayer now because it's about eight minutes long. It's a nice, soft, like calming voice. So I get a thing like, ding, congrats. You've done four nights in a row. And I'm like, oh. And then I go last and I'm like, oh, I didn't do it Saturday. He fell asleep when we got back and I didn't do it. And I lost my streak. Like, you know, when you hear kids talk about snap streaks and yep. uh, took my niece on a cruise one time or my, no, my little sister, I guess. And she was mad because she was going to lose her snap streaks. Like, who cares? That dude that you met at that track meet in sixth grade is not going to care if you have a snap streak anymore. Like life will go on. But Father Jared, I like your uh, advice where you said like turn off those notifications. Like even my work email notifications I have off so it doesn't ding. Like I know I'll check my work email. I don't need it to ding every time. The only thing I need my phone to ding on is are the phone calls. You know, if somebody's going to call me, I probably probably need to pick it up. So, and I think you know social media is such a great thing because it connects all of us, we've just got to be mindful of, you know, how much we use it. I, I, there's a, there's a Netflix uh, thing out there. It's called the social dilemma. And I would recommend watching that, especially a parent um, to help young people through that because they are so good. There's one section in there and I've had a lot of conversations with high school kids where they'll say, look, I don't know what it is. I just go through these stories and I just keep flicking up and I don't even want to watch them and they're not interesting. 
Um, but there's a little segment in there that talks about how they kind of know your algorithm. And when it looks like you might be drifting or going away, they know how to pop a picture that is one that you're usually attracted to or a video that you're usually, and then you get engaged for a number of seconds longer. And, and I just think we need to, I think it's good for us to think about how good they are at manipulating us into those sort of things, especially as a parent who's looking at a kid like, is it dangerous or not? You know, it's amazing how well they know us and, and what they can do in those things. But. Well, and the way that TikTok has taken, kind of taken off with the little snippet videos, now every form of social media has its form of TikTok yep. and the little snippet videos and the algorithms on those things. I cannot... It is amazing. like a, a 10 second reel will then get you 30 minutes in because you're, you yeah. keep clicking. And they know, I mean, and like you were talking about the algorithm, man, it does not take long. It takes like, you know, a few swipes of, okay, I didn't swipe on this one and I swiped it and I sat through this one. And then all of a sudden they've got you pinned as far as what your interests are and what the next video is. And it's like, that's how they, yeah. it's insane. It's yeah, and I'm like, why am I watching this guy in Malaysia cut this fruit <laughs> that I don't even know what it is? But I just want to see what the inside looks like. Yeah. like oh, man. And, and it's amazing. I'm like, well, that's why I have fruit on my Instagram reel. So, so just, I guess balance of social media is okay or none at all. Yeah. If you can't control it, I think I would go that direction is if you can't control it, none at all. I do think it gives us an opportunity to grow in our uh, temperance and and those things just like, you know, Lent does as well. But, but we just gotta be careful with that. Yep. Very good. All right. So next up, we are going to do our diocesan shout outs. Let's talk about the Saints 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 among us. So who did you guys see or encounter this week that you felt like was uh, doing a great job of living out God's call? I'll start with you, Jeff. I'll start. um, I think I went to school on the first day of school. Father, at your school, I went to St. John's Beloit. Being greeted by the students as I walked up, it wasn't wasn't the teachers that were out there right away. It was a group of student leaders uh, that they greeted me at the car. It's actually Luke Bates drew, like greeted me at the car. He had like a Hawaiian shirt on, walks me into the school. The students are there. And so you see them greeting all these students uh, come up as the, the new kids are, are coming into school that day. And I just thought it was really cool to see those students at St. John's taking taking ownership of their of their building. Yes, we've got principals and we've got teachers and we've got booster club members and parents and school council members and school pastors and a chaplain. But a school can be extremely strong when those students step up. And I think I think we're seeing that. And so um, it was really awesome um, to see the the student organizations do that. And I can't wait to see them kind of take flight. I think that's what your Blue Jays are going to do there, Father. That's right. That's right. Very good. All right. Uh, I will go next. So we talked about the seminarian dinners and I couldn't help but be drawn in um, the guys specifically. This is a shout out for our vocation directors, uh, specifically Father Andy Hamicky and uh, Father Josh Worth, who uh, have been co-vocation directors now for a couple of years. And uh, just the difference of, of personality of those two guys and the difference of guys that they kind of connect with is awesome. is kind of just an awesome thing because it really balances out the office of vocations. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of cool to see those guys in action, knowing personally, I mean, I was vocation director for six years, and so I kind of know what, what uh, that takes to t- sort of put, you know, put on one of those dinners and just the, the anxiety of having to have that time where you're speaking, you're talking and sharing about the guys and stuff. So it was, it was cool to see somebody else doing that and uh, to kind of sit back and watch and just to see how well 
I just uh, I think those guys are doing a great job. So Father Jarrett and all the um, all the jobs that you have that go along with being a priest, what is tougher, vocations director or school pastor of a K through twelve building? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those aren't even the same in okay, the same that, that, universe. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would put school faster as much, much more. Um, what word? Did, what, did, what did you? What did you use a word to describe? Uh, which is more? What did you say? Which is more? What? I don't remember what I said, <laughs> okay. but I, I, it's, it's a tough job. It's just it's a it lot is. of time and all that. But it's much more. Ch- well, so there. Yeah, vocation director specifically. When I was, I was full time. So. I was on the road all the time and I, that was challenging. That was very challenging because you're ordained a priest to be a, a priest for people. Like that's part of priesthood is that we are with people and we perform the, the sacraments for people. So you are kind of a homeless priest when you're a full-time vocation director because you don't have a place to go to celebrate mass and the sacraments and all of the elements of priesthood. So there is, there is, it's, it has its own challenges, but uh, I don't put it in the same ballpark as uh, K through 12 uh, pastor. Well, it is cool when talking to the seminarians at the dinner. I go over and introduce myself to them. Some of them I knew already, but said, "Can't wait to have all you guys be school pastors." And one day, and they're all like, "Except for Cade uh, McGaffin." Cade was like, "I can't wait, Jeff. I think that'll be awesome. I I want to have a school." And I'm like, "Oh, I'll have you at a school, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Bill, great. what about you? What's uh? Who are your saints among us? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Dominican Sisters of Peace in in uh, Great Bend. And, and one of the cool things for us is um, being part of the Deacon Formation Program. That's where we've held our, our uh, formation events has been at that uh, um, location. And uh, we are now switching over to going to Victoria. And I didn't think that was a big deal. It's a lot easier drive for me. But it was actually sad because uh, we went to Mass with the sisters this last Sunday. And it was kind of like, I don't know if I'll be back here because that's the only reason I've been there. Um, and and all the sisters, you know, every time we were there, were just incredibly encouraging. Hey, we're praying for you guys. Hey, we love having you guys here. Um, and just, just kind of a really neat dynamic of knowing that you've got a group of sisters that are praying for you. Um, and, and so it's just kind of a cool deal. And they're all elderly. They, they've got a lot of health challenges and things, but you know that each one of those was someone that dedicated their life to uh, bringing the gospel to others and, and uh, um, working in their communities and their respective fields and stuff. And, and now they're kind of, uh, you know, retirement age. Um, but uh, anyway, just kind of saints among us. Well, um, Bill, real quick, how long is the diaconate program and how how many years have you been in? Or? Uh, so I think the full thing is five years and we are two years into it. And, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about school and you not liking school. Uh, I mean, it, it's similar, right? I mean, there's assignments oh, and absolutely. studies. And... Now, I'm a much better student. The first time I went to college, I was a terrible student. The second time, I was a great student, all A's, everything. So maturity helps with that. Um, this one, uh, the material is interesting for me, so it's a lot easier to study. But there are still times, like, there's a point where you don't want to write, like, a seven to ten page paper anymore. Yeah. And so that's still a challenge. But I, you know... I, don't, I think it's a, a gift, and I offered up for Father Jarrett so that he can, you know, be okay in his pastor role. <laughs> uh, but, Thank uh, you, Bill. Thank you. There you go. Oh, this is me. All right. Ooh, sweet. It's mystery envelope. Five, four, three, two, one. Surprise! I'm gonna have to make some more of these. We're down to three of them, so um, we'll let Father Jarrett draw. 
an envelope, and we'll see what our question is yes. today. Let's see what Bill has for us today. So, I, mystery envelope. I, I just love the anticipation of you opening this envelope. <laughs> like, I want to see. I need to have it in the microphone, probably, right? <laughs> uh <laughs> If you had to guess, what do you think would be the most likely way you'll die? Oh, my. <laughs> Where did you get these? I just sat there and just typed oh, up a bunch of questions. Hilarious. Oh, read, read that again. If quick. you had to guess, what do you think would be the most likely way that you'll die? Can I wow. go? Because I know okay. <laughs> if, if I keep eating like I do, it's going to oh. be a heart attack. Like, or so, I mean, I, I did have a uh, smoothie today, but yeah, I mean, I got to watch what I put in my body and I'm not doing the best job of it right now. So um, I remember in high school, remember the movie's Final Destination that came out oh, where it's kind of yeah. like yeah. people tried to yeah. escape their death and then really didn't like... That movie freaked me out. It's just weird. Like I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. I'm not afraid to die, but I want to be here as long as I can. That movie does make you think about the fact that every single day there's thousands of ways that you could die. Yeah, and yeah. it's a miracle every single day that we, you know, live and don't get hit by a car or yeah. all sorts of stuff. So uh, it does make you think a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, this is actually a very sort of Christian history type of question. <laughs> I don't exactly. think you even knew that, Bill. Exactly. That's uh, why I wrote it. Yeah, right. Is the reality that we, I mean, we have lost a sense of death in a way that previous generations and for, I mean, the ancients would certainly have had it at the forefront of their minds on a daily basis. I mean, you even see some of the old, there's these old paintings. I remember the first time I saw a painting of St. Francis of Assisi and it was him holding a human skull. And I was like, what? We usually see him with like little Bambi deer and he's got a human skull in his head. And I had never seen that before, but... Did the human skull have antlers? Maybe it was, maybe Bambi had died. No. Uh, and so just this, this is the meditation that they would often meditate on their more, on their mortality and the reality that all of us have that common denominator of death and that we only have so much time on this earth. And so they were very much in tune with what direction they were going and where they're headed. And, and so now whether or not they thought much about the method or the mode of their death necessarily, I don't know, but, uh, it's not a horrible thing. I think, yeah, we try to mask death in a lot of ways in our world. It's just something I talk about frequently and I'm going off on it right now. But yeah, I, Father, yours will probably be from uh, not having AC in your car. <laughs> it's go I overheat. Yeah. I was just going to say, the guy that would rather do funerals than weddings, it's, yep. it's no surprise. That, uh, That's right. I so, Bill, you come question. up with these questions. I usually we leave them for Father Jerry, but have you you thought about that? Now, mine will probably be a mouth off to somebody would be my guess, but uh, no, I'm just uh, kidding. Uh, might, might be a heart attack as well if I'm not careful, but uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I think about this sometimes, though, because when you read like different warriors and stuff like that. I mean, that was important to people was how you died. Did you die with, you know, being brave and honor and courageous? And, and, and I think we got to think about that again in our society today, because um, the way we can extend life, there's a lot of different ways you can go out and you can go out with courageous honor, offering up those sufferings for others. Um, or there's, you know, other ways and, and that are not as honorable. And, and so I, I think about those a little bit. I think it is time for us to get back a little bit and think about how you know, that's our final statement is sometimes the way that we die. And, uh, and so I don't know. Speaking of courageous, I courageously tried a new recipe yesterday <laughs> and I took, it was my son's idea. We wanted wings. <laughs> so so, so we talk about how we're going to, we're it. talking about how we're going to die. I took an entire bag of the purple Doritos, which I think is like a sweet chili one yeah. food processor processor, crushed them, 
then added some Parmesan cheese and tossed the wings in that before putting them on the uh, smoker. I'm going to say that I, sounds absolutely fantastic. Oh, it was like crunchy. There's smoke, it but it's crunchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost like it was fried, but it wasn't. Uh, my wife did not like it. She doesn't like fried chicken. She doesn't like... I. She had yeah. killed a chicken when she was little on the on a farm with her grandma, so she doesn't want to eat it, but I don't know. I'm did gonna... that chicken die honorably? I, I think so. <laughs> it was I hope prepared so. honorably. That yeah. actually sounds really, really good, though. Hey, uh, I didn't get to go. Oh, hey. So, How are you going to die? Uh, I will, it's actually interesting uh, to me, I guess. I don't know if anybody else, but... Uh, and in, Well, so actually, this is kind of sad, really. I mean, most Scaff- of my dad's... Scaffolding is going to fall. <laughs> I already hit my head on that. <laughs> No, my dad's family, actually, cancer is very prevalent. He lost two brothers and his dad to cancer. So we're all kind of, like, with male-dominated, There's five. there were five of us boys and one girl. And so it was kind of just anticipating who's going to be the next one in the next generation to get it. So, uh, yeah, as far as statistically speaking, probably that's going to fall in, in line somewhere along the way. I, I would not be surprised. So... There you go. There's a morbid answer for you, Bill. So do you think about that when you're working out? Because you can prevent a lot of that stuff, free radicals and all that kind of stuff. Like, Yeah, definitely don't do that. Okay. Don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I should. You're right. No, for sure. All right. So it is time to call out. Speaking of morbidity and, and uh, is that the right word? Morbidity? Morbid? That's I think morbidity is a anyway, rate or something. Mortality, I, I, I guess. I discuss anyway. it a lot, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> so speaking of things to pray for is what I was getting at. Is uh, It's time to call out all our prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. So, guys, what are you thinking are some things that you need, that you see that need prayers today? Let's start with you, Bill. I, I, I put, uh, I think, uh, let's pray for our priest. Uh, kind of like you talked about, uh, being a pastor at a parish is not easy. Um, I think especially with all the different controversies that go on and, and uh, especially the political uh, things that go on in our, our you know, government right now, I think uh, saying prayers for our priest, and also just the fact that I think Satan attacks him uh, all the time. And, uh, and so I think that uh, if the laity was doing as good of a job praying for our priests as we're supposed to, that uh, I think that could help out quite a bit. So that's my pro. And we're so blessed in the Slant Diocese. We just got incredible priests. Um, and, and I think it's our job to, to pray for them. So that's who I would ask for prayers for. Absolutely. That's, Everybody uh, except for Father. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need you would. That doesn't even make sense. You would think that I would need the yeah, most better, prayers of any of. Better the double your prayers for Father Jerry. Right, please, please. All right, Jeff. What about you? Uh, I think I'm, um, our siblings. I have you know two really special sisters. They're four and five years older than me, Selena and Kim, and I, I pray for them and their families all the time. But I think we just really need to call on all the siblings. Like I mean, brothers and sisters help lift each other up. And so, um, you know, just as a reminder, I think we always, we pray for our own families a lot, but think about your brothers and your sisters. And, and if we're all praying for our own siblings and then they pray for us in return, I think we get something really nice working with the Holy Spirit. And so really think about your, your brothers and your sisters that you have um, and your family and keep them in your prayers. Okay. Father? Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep a similar theme through all my answers today, which is uh, kind of the seminarian theme, vocations theme, uh, to pray. And I, I think in particular to that one young man, that one young woman who might be listening to this right now, because there's probably maybe one. <laughs> 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 um, 
And that one who maybe feels like there's an inkling of the possibility of a re religious vocation uh, or priesthood and maybe doesn't feel the support of family because that's definitely present today in, in a number of places or doesn't feel as little fearful about what that would look like or what that would mean is just praying for courage for that young person today that might be hearing this, uh, that that God is is pushing you towards that call of committing yourself to, to him in one of those vocations. So, yeah, I think that should be a constant prayer intention for us, especially in our diocese where we see we're, we're going to be, I mean, you talked about our priests, but we're going to be in a worse, worse shape before we're in better shape as far as the number of priests that are getting beyond retirement age, the number of priests that we have to cover parishes. And I think we talked about this before, but if it wasn't for the foreign priests kind of coming in, we would, I don't know what we would be doing. There'd be a lot of closed parishes. So that's yeah, between the foreign priests and the priests that are past retirement age. I mean, if yeah, we'd have nothing. So yeah. this yeah. is to this is Father Jared's shout out. So yeah, it doesn't work till he's 85. Please, so please, me, please. Let me get this straight. Earlier on, you were giving, you know, a shout out to the vocations directors, and now you're putting pressure on them at the end of the podcast. Well, yeah, that's that, the that's the reality is you can you have 20, you know, 20 seminarians, but that the fruits of that doesn't come for another, you know, 5, 10 years basically. And so the reality of 5 to 10 years from now, we're going to be in a really rough place. Uh and so yeah, it's awesome to see more faces on the poster and stuff, but to see the fruits of that is actually years down the road as far as priesthood goes. So uh yeah. There we go. I like it. All right, our final topic of today, something controversial. Catholic priests should be allowed to marry. Father, this is a, it's a tough one. You know, I, I hear this from, uh, being a convert, I, hear, I would hear it from a lot of friends and stuff um, at the time, you know, why can't Catholic priests, uh, you know, be married? And I just think of all the poor girls who cried the day Father Jarrett was ordained. <laughs> oh, man, I had to roll my eyes when I saw that written on there, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Well done. So go ahead, Father, if you can talk to us about, you know, why why are Catholic priests not married? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So, and it's, yeah, it's a valid question. I get that question sometimes. Um, in particular, when I tell my vocation story and I talk about the biggest obstacle for me when I, when I was thinking about the possibility of priesthood was celibacy, the idea of not being married, of giving up family and spouse. Um, and so a lot of people just assume then, well, Father, you must be sort of supportive of, of a married clergy. Uh, and actually I'm, I'm not in the sense that, so first of all, it's a discipline of the church, which means technically disciplines can, can actually change. So it could possibly change, uh, within the Roman rite of the Catholic church that priests, uh, could be married. So that is something that is allowable to change. Whereas doctrine on the other hand, comparatively, is not is something that we believe is the truth that is set down uh, through through tradition um, and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which does not change. And so, uh, a, a <clears throat> excuse me, a doctrine does not change, cannot change. Whereas a discipline is something that, depending on where you're at, so there are rites in the Eastern Church that actually don't have celibacy for priests. So there are priests sort of in union with Rome that are that are married. So it is technically something that could change. Do I think it should? I personally do not. Um, a couple of reasons. The main, one of the main ones would be the reality of my commitment 
right now, just knowing what I have to be committed to and have to be available for, I just cannot imagine trying to balance what I'm balancing now. And at the same time, balance a family and children and all of those responsibilities is I would absolutely have to neglect one or the other, like extremely neglect. Um, and so that's, that's one of the elements that I see just in terms of my call and the freedom that I have as being a celibate to be free to serve uh, whoever calls at any hour of the day or night, you know, as a, as a dad, I would have to be home with my sick kid, but as you know, being called and torn between those two things would be extremely heart wrenching, I would think. Um, and so that's one, that's one element. The other element of it is I, I think just the underlying sort of mentality of our culture, which is so enamored with basically sexual relationships and the, the idea that you cannot possibly be happy without sexual relationships. And like, it's like beyond the, pos- I mean, that's just, you see it, it's steeped in our media and our movies in terms of like, it's just super abnormal and weird. And like, you couldn't possibly be satisfied if you're not in a relationship like that. It's not so much a reverence for marriage as much as it is. We still see the power and, and, uh, yeah, the power and draw of the sexual relationship. And so to stand up as a witness and say, I am celibate for the kingdom, meaning that I've committed myself uh, for the sake of the kingdom to this, because I believe that there is as good and beautiful as marriage is, as good and beautiful as that relationship is between husband and wife, um, that there's actually a relationship that's more profound. And that's kind of what the witness of celibacy does today. And I think today, perhaps more than ever in our, in our human history, is it, does it speak uh, a witness to the culture? So I think that, uh, that, that brings up a great point, just from an understanding of that. That's why, again, that's why on our shout out, I think we got to pray for our priests because I think particularly the culture and what it's trying to sell really hates priests because when they say, you can't control yourself. You can't be disciplined. You can't remain faithful to your wife. You can't, you know, wait till marriage to have sexual relationships. You know, we're really quickly to be able to point out to a priest who's made that decision and is living that lifestyle. And that's why I think that culture so badly wants every priest to fall and really has like a, you know, real touchable hatred towards the priest and the priesthood um, because it is so counter to what the message is. And, the message of just let it go, do whatever you want to do. You're just an animal. You can't control yourself. Uh, I, I just think that's where that all that uh, energy comes from. I think some of these are controversial topics. You, great discussion. I think this would be awesome if we send these to our DREs or our high school theology teachers and say, I don't want you to fast forward through all the other awesome stuff we talked about with chicken wings and how we're all going to die. But, you know, like <laughs> I think our, our high school and junior high age kids would really like listening to these um, you know, the father's responses on these controversial topics and could be a great learning resource for, for many of us. Yeah, apologetics by Father Jarrett. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing, too, to note is that uh, even if the rule was changed that you could get married, you'd still be out of luck, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's another reason why some people, like, say, well, obviously the, the current current priest would definitely not want to see that change because the reality is you could be married and get ordained, but you can't be ordained and then get married. So that's the way that that that's the way that that uh, policy plays out, basically. So uh, an ordained priest could not get married, even if that discipline changed. 
uh, it would be for the man who is married to get ordained would be the discipline change. So yeah, I would, uh, I would not see the fruits of the marital aspect of that change. So I could, I could hear, all no. the, I could hear all the <laughs> ladies crying again as you just took away more hope from them. Wow. Just the wailing and gnashing of teeth out there is crazy. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, Father, do you mind uh, leading us in prayer? Although this is a little bit weird for you because it's a prayer for priests, but I'm sure you pray for other priests as well. Is that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. If, if I ask for people to pray for me, then I definitely better be praying for my brother, my brother priests. And that's, I mean, that's motivation as well. Just knowing the things that the bombardment that we as priests have, just in the, the spiritual battles as well. Knowing that personally, and just knowing that the importance of myself and us as brothers praying for each other as well. So for sure. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, eternal High Priest, you offered yourself to the Father on the altar of the cross, and through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, gave your priestly people a share in your redeeming sacrifice. Hear our prayer for the sanctification of our priests. Grant that all who are ordained to the ministerial priesthood may be ever more conformed to you, the Divine Master. May they preach the gospel with pure heart and clear conscience. Let them be shepherds according to your own heart, single-minded in service to you and to the church, and shining examples of a holy, simple, and joyful life. Through the prayers of the Blessed Virgin Mary, your mother and ours, draw all priests and the flocks entrusted to their care to the fullness of eternal life, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to episode six of Three Ball Guys. Please be sure to like and subscribe to From the Heart Podcast, the official podcast of the Salina Diocese.